Hello, good people. Okay, no one is good except God. But hello, awesome people. Welcome to Moment of Sanity with Jessica Layado. It is good to have you guys on board once again. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for your overwhelming feedback, for your love, and for your support. It has been overwhelming, to be honest. You have reached out. You have called me. You have sent me messages. You have shared the links to the podcast. You have been absolutely awesome. What a beautiful thing to witness the workings of God in and through us for his glory. So even right now, I'm just counting my blessings and you guys are high up on my list of blessings that I really want to thank God for. So anyway, uh, when the last episode of the podcast, we were talking about depravity and trying to uncover its founding in the word of God. Now, I will not go into it so much. Uh, if you have not listened, please make it a point to go back and listen to episode two of the podcast, especially if you're a first time listener. And if you listened a long time ago, I need to refresh your mind on what it was about. Please go back and listen to the podcast again. You know, the surprising thing is I had to listen to the podcast again before uh, recording the next episode of it. But while we were talking about depravity in the last one, we came to the realization that the heart of man, the heart of humanity is wicked above all things. And the scripture reference that we had then asked the question, who can understand it? And we reach the conclusion that therefore, because of the wickedness of the heart of man, we do not have the ability to save ourselves and neither do we have the ability to love God, to serve God and to do that which God requires of us to do. But now that we know all about depravity, the question becomes, so what? Is this information supposed to help us in some way? And my answer to that is yes, it's supposed to help us. The knowledge about depravity is not supposed to just add to another list of new words that we know, but it is supposed to help us, to help us put things into perspective. Because unless we come to the realization of our wickedness potential, we cannot appreciate the love of God, let alone appreciate the sacrifice of Christ. Because it starts to sink in that hold up, hold up, hold up, what? My heart is wicked. My heart is wicked. Above all things, my heart is wicked. And the righteousness that I thought I had is just but filthy rugs. And the only righteousness that counts is the one given me by Christ. Then like the prophet Isaiah we have no <laughs> other response but to lament and say, Woe unto me, for I am undone. And it undoes us. That's the truth. The knowledge of our depravity undoes us. It's supposed to undo us, to undo all these notions that we have had all this time about who we are and what we deserve and what we think we have earned and what it is that we can do to earn these things. Depravity levels the ground for all of humanity for us to understand that at the bottom of all things or at the foundation of all things, the heart of man is wicked. That is where we all start. 
And then we begin to see the love of God for what it is, a love that we cannot earn. In fact, as a love that we could never earn. A love that despite what we do, despite what we say, despite how we do it or when we do it, we just cannot earn it. And we are thrown out of our entitlement seat. We realize that in his mercy, God offered up his only begotten son that we might not perish but have everlasting life. And you know that scripture hits different, you guys. It hits really different when you understand the state of your heart and you look at the sacrifice of Christ. It is just like, what? In my wickedness, God would give up the perfect sacrifice because Christ is perfection. How did he give up perfection that perfection might come and die in my place? And you know, the word of God says that cast is he that hangs upon the tree. So Christ became the curse in my place that I might not bear the repercussions of the curse, but that through him, I might become the righteousness of God. You guys, this stuff blows my mind. It blows my mind. It entirely blows my mind. So anyway, back to the knowledge on depravity and how this knowledge is supposed to help us. What this did for me is I quickly started to understand that God does not owe me anything. He does not owe me anything. But he still graciously drew me to himself and he still graciously draws us all to himself even though he does not owe us anything even though we have not done anything to earn this drawing of us unto himself so someone asked me after listening to the podcast um last week's episode and you know their question was really outstanding for me and you know this is why i choose to um address it in this particular episode And they asked if I was not afraid of people interpreting the knowledge on depravity as a license to sin. And I could see how that is actually possible for people to quickly think that, hey, no, 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 you know, like that is a wickedness of my heart and stuff like that. And, you know, inherently I'm a sinner and things like that. And therefore start to think that now that becomes a license to sin. But I don't think that it would work like that. Let me just indulge you for a minute. So if you and I were friends, and you know you can't even picture any other of your friends. If you and I were friends, you who is listening in right now, and you wrong me and do something that destroys the relationship between the two of us, and I forgive you, not holding it against you, do you have a renewed inspiration to wrong me as many times as you possibly can? Or do you become even more introspective in your dealings with me because you realize how undeserving you are of what you received? Like when you receive forgiveness and you know for a fact that what you have done does not earn you the forgiveness. In fact, if anything, what you have done should throw you totally out of my books as a person. And you know, I seal you off as another toxic person that I'm not interested in relating with but for some reason I forgive you I don't know if you get my logic so what I have done then becomes 
the reason why you do not do that again if you do that again then you really have a problem you really have a problem and of course we have a problem we have the same problem but if you do that again you really have a problem it is disrespectful you get so your motivation in relationship with me has changed and now you don't want to offend me to a place where you're still thinking of now how do I start asking Jess for forgiveness I have done this before and she has let it go and things like that so instead you start to behave in a way that suits the forgiveness that you have received and that is what the prerequisite is for the Christian that we might live in obedience to Christ that we might live in obedience to the commands of Christ to choose to live in obedience to the commands of Christ because we have understood the sacrifice that has earned us the place of becoming the righteousness of God not our own sacrifice but the sacrifice of the perfect lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world so it therefore becomes a requirement um, or a burden for you even in your other relationships to extend the same grace because if someone else wrongs you you're caused to think but you know that thing that i did to jesse i didn't really deserve the kind of forgiveness that she gave and therefore when someone wrongs you your heart is more open to forgiving them because you have received forgiveness so in receiving forgiveness we then are open to forgiving other people that should be like the natural way of things but of course that does not mean that that always is the natural way of things so like i was saying it then becomes a burden for you to extend the same grace that you have received no longer walking in entitlement you're no longer walking in entitlement of the friendship but rather in gratitude because you understand that which you have received and because you received it freely you give it freely and you know uh recently on the tl there's that story of um botham's brother who um during a court session where they were now going to jail the babe who had murdered his brother the guy just you know said i forgive you and you know give your life to christ and in understanding like the basic the basic instinct to hate god and love sin and he had it really fascinated me that he had such a grip on that particular issue and he was released into forgiveness and i don't think that that forgiveness came easy because one of the things that that we can easily do is um to assume that now because we know about depravity all these other things are going to come easy they don't come easy they come by the grace of God and he continually avails us grace through Christ that we might be able to deal with these things not by ourselves but by the power that is you know alive and at work in us the power which is Christ and you know the spirit of God so it releases us to be more gracious and extend grace because we have received grace we appreciate the grace that we have received we then forgive because we have been forgiven i just need that to sit for a second we forgive because we have been forgiven forgiven not because we deserve forgiven because god has chosen to forgive he has chosen to take our sin and put it on his son that christ might become sin for us 
that we might become the righteousness of God. And therefore he gives us his righteousness and takes our sin upon himself. So we forgive because we have been forgiven. We understand forgiveness when we understand the depravity of our hearts. We understand the love of God and the sacrifice of Christ when we understand the depravity of humanity. Before I knew about depravity, I was such an entitled Christian. I thought God owed me, you get, as in God owes me a good life. He owes me a good family. He owes me education. He owes me provision. He owes me emotional stability. He owes me all these things. But God does not owe me any of those things. God does not owe you any of those things, but he graciously gives them to us for his glory and, of course, for our good. So we love because he first loved us. And in the words of Jesus, <laughs> can we quote Jesus for a bit? <laughs> in his words, he says, this is my commandment. Jesus' commandment, not just his commandment. That you love one another, that your joy may be full. Imagine that, that we love one another, that our joy may be full. So our standard no longer is us. Our standard is Christ. He has said in his word that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Not if just be lifted up, but if Christ be lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. And, you know, he is lifted up in the things that we do, in the things that we say, in the way that we behave, as in the things that the world sees and points and says, surely that is Jesus, because a human being cannot do that in and of themselves. So if Christ is lifted up, then he will draw all men to himself. Does what you have chosen to do glorify God? Or does it glorify you? And those will be my parting shots to you today. Do the things that you say, the places that you go, the things that you reflect on, the way that you behave, do they in fact glorify God or do they glorify you? If they glorify you, guess what? Yeah, think on it. Think on it. Think on it because ideally they should be glorifying Christ. Lift him up and he will draw men to himself. Lift him up and he will draw men to himself. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the many things that we are learning. Thank you for the many hearts that are willing. Thank you for the many things that we are hearing and the many things that we continue to reflect on. Even as we think through the depravity of our hearts, the sacrifice of Christ and your love, the grace that you have so graciously extended to us, we cannot help but say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. We pray that you will continue to give us grace to live a life that is worthy of the call that you have placed upon our lives to the glory and the honor of your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time on Moment of Sanity. Bless you.